praise you, Father. Let's just linger in his presence for a moment, church. Enjoy the Holy Spirit. He's here to fellowship with us. He's here to come and encounter us. He's a living God. We just thank you, Father God, that you're here this morning for your people, Lord God. Thank you, Father, for your glory in the house this morning. Just got this verse. It's Mark 8, 34 to 37. And when he, Jesus, had called people to himself, that's us, right? We've been called to him. He said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Let him deny himself. And take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the Gospels will save it. For what will it profit if a man gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? And I just feel God saying this morning, are you ready for more of me? Are you ready to go deeper? Are you ready for that next step? Are you ready for that, um, for Him to deepen our capacity, to widen our capacity, our capacity to be able to carry His glory? Who wants that? He just, He showed us how to do it in the Word there. He said, who's willing to deny themselves? It's not for the lighthearted, you know, but like it says, what? You gain your you you gain the whole world, but you lose your soul. You know when Jesus was going to the cross three times, he said, "Father, could it be done any other way? But not my will be done, Lord, but Your will." You know, it was like Jesus just having that moment of consecration with the Lord, and I kind of feel like that's what God wants to do right here, right now, this morning. Literally got that scripture just in worship. So I I didn't get this before, but if you say, that's me, Lord, I wanna go the next step with you, Father. I want more, I wanna carry your glory. I wanna show the world what you're like. I just feel like we're gonna get down on our knees actually and surrender and just say, I want that, Lord. It's just that position of surrender if you can. And just cry out to Him this morning. Say more of You, Lord. We want more of You, Father God. We just thank You, Lord, for Your presence here this morning. Father, we want to go deeper with You, Lord God. We don't want to stay in the kiddies pool, in the shallow area. Father, we want to be that church that's laid down our life, Father God. We just declare this morning, Father, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against what You are doing in this church, Father, through Your people, Lord God. And we just have that moment of consecration to You, Father. We say, uh, we want more of You, Lord God. We just thank You, Father God. Thank You, Lord. We're never disappointed when we cry out for more of God. Thank You, Lord God. Thank You, Father. Your people are filled up this morning, Lord. 
Thank You, Lord. We are the ones that are going to deny ourselves, Father, and take up our cross, Lord God, because You gave it all for us. He who did not even spare His own Son, won't He also freely give You all things? We just thank You, Father. Praise You, Lord God. Thank You, Lord. Praise You, Lord. where to do one other thing this morning as well. If you need healing in your body this morning, if you're here and you need physical healing, can you just put your hand up? Okay, can everyone just have a look around now? And I want people to go to those people with their hand up and we're going to go and lay hands on them. So if you don't have your hand up, go to someone who does. Hands wide up so you can get prayer. I just believe that uh, Jehovah Rapha wants to manifest Himself this morning, the healing God. Amen. And just pray a prayer of healing over them. You have the authority in the Name of Jesus. The Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It's not God's will for His people to be sick and ailed. 1 Peter 2.24 says, by His stripes you were healed. So right now in Jesus' Name, we just take authority over every sickness, over every infirmity. We just say, get off your people. We just thank You, Father God, for Your healing presence, Lord. It's not something we have to beg for. It's already been given. So we just say yes to healing today, Lord. Thank You, Father, that You revealed Yourself as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God who heals. Who feels any different? Do something that you couldn't do before. What would have normally hurt? Do that, because you're healed in Jesus' Name. Does anyone feel anything different? Johnny? Woo! Thank you, Lord. Over here. Thank you, Lord, for that healing. That's so good. And I just have one more thing I keep getting it. I got it during the week. I don't really know what it's about, but I'm just going to be obedient to God. The creative people in the house. Who's, who's a creative? Photography, dance, art, anything in, in, along the lines of that. I want you to stand up, please. You're creative. Anything like that that you love to do. I just feel, can we just lay hands on them as well? I just feel God wants to, um, it's like through the creative people, we see who the Creator is, right? Because He's the most creative one. Look at creation, look at the birds. You just have to go outside and realise how creative God is. And so I just feel like there's going to be an anointing that comes on the people that are creative to show uh, the world what God's like in a way that someone who doesn't have that gifting can. Amen? So right now in the Name of Jesus, we just thank You, Father God, for increase on their gifting, Lord God. We just declare that these people, Father, are gonna be like on display, Father God, that they're gonna be like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden, Father God. You know where the world has sort of tried to take over that creative thing? Father God, we just declare that it comes back to the church. 
Amen. We just thank You, Father God, that the church stands on that mountain and the world will be amazed at how creative God's people are. We just thank You for fresh ideas in their hearts right now, Lord God. Fresh ideas. And Father, we see people being drawn to these ones that are creative, Father. And through their creativity, Lord, that the captives will be set free. We just thank You, Father God. Such an anointing there in Jesus' mighty Name. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap. Praise the Lord. Thanks, team. Let's give the worship team a clap. Amen, amen. Should we pray for that? Yeah? Just going to get Pastor Pete up. We've got some uh, people that have been a part of our church for quite some time now leaving, so... Yeah, thanks, Pastor Jess. Um, is any of the um, Pacific Island folk that are here uh, this morning that you're going uh, in the week, this week or maybe in the following week, are there, are, are there many? We've got a few. Why don't you just quickly come down the front? I know we're sort of biting into Pastor Jess's message time here, but she doesn't mind, so she's saying so. So um, we just feel to just really bless and honour them, you know. Uh, every year we have... Um, uh, members of the uh, Pacific Islands, uh, some from Fiji, some from from Tonga. We have different ones that come, and and um, and of course we're really blessed to have them come, and they and they come with such a, a sweet heart into the congregation and participate in the ministry in so many different ways, and and come. Uh, I think sometimes um, I think they wag work to come, to be honest, but. <laughs> But they're blessed and, uh, as they come. So why don't we all just maybe stretch our hands out toward them and just ask the Lord a blessing on them as they go. You know, they leave their families to come here and work. And, and I think that's special and precious. And, and, uh, and it's their family that they've got in their heart. So what, as a church family, why don't we just reach out and ask the Lord's blessing upon each of them as they go from here. Lord, we thank you, Father, that we, we only have them for a, uh, just for a season, Lord God, but Lord, we thank you that you have them all the time. Lord, that your hand of blessing is upon them, Father. Uh, Lord, even uh, before they leave their nation, Lord, they come here, Father, and they, you've kept their, their children safe, you've kept their families well, Father God, and they've been blessed while they've been in this nation, Lord. And we, th- we ask, Lord, that you take something of the blessing that's upon uh, this ministry and, Father, even this nation, and take it back with them, Lord God. Lord, that they would be uh, uh, ambassadors for you, Father God, that they've been here, Lord God, and received from this ministry, Lord God, that they would go and speak, Father God. God, of your word and of your spirit, Lord God, in that place. As they go, Lord, as they get among their family and their friends, Lord God, we ask your blessing, Lord God, that would just continue to overtake them, Lord. And Lord, as, uh, as they go back, Lord, that they find favour uh, uh, in, their, in their work life, Lord, in their family life, Lord, amongst uh, their peers and even in their church, Lord God, that they would again, uh, Lord, know the favour that you, Lord, pour out upon them, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray and ask your blessing. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless. God bless. bless. Thank you. Hallelujah. I, um, I was going through old diaries. Who writes things down with the Lord, like journals their prayers and stuff like that? It's so cool to go back and look at dreams and different prayers that you've had. And 
I felt God drawing my attention to a dream that I had, and it's back in 2019, actually. And I don't know who, who gets dreams that are from God. You know, like a dream that's from God, it kind of has weight to it. You know, it sort of doesn't go away quick and easy. And even this one's from 2019, but it still sort of has weight to it. But anyway... So 2019, I actually wasn't ordained as a pastor. I think I got ordained in 2021. But I had this dream and I just really felt like it was from God. And so I wrote it down, but it didn't make sense at the time. I actually had no idea what it was about. But I thought, I'm just going to write it down and, you know, put it on the shelf, as we say. You know, that might come back later. We'll see what that's about, God. But I'm just going to read it to you because I feel like it's the season that we're in now. And so... um, I had this dream where there was this massive big wall that was built around a castle and it was like the wall had such strong foundations and it was built to about half its height. And I wrote down, building on existing foundations, going to the next level, building people up, building on what's already there. The foundation is already there. This is what he is doing. He's building us in. He's building his people up. He's using us to bring his people home. Nehemiah, and then I said, Nehemiah, it's a team effort to build. Everyone played their part. And I just feel like the season that we're coming into now, so I had no idea really, I'm like, where does that feel? I'm not on staff at all. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know what that's about, God. But I just feel like that's the season that we're in now. And, you know, I'm stepping into associate. And I just feel to say that what we're doing now as pastors, we are building on a strong foundation. We're not knocking anything down. Sorry if anyone had any, you know, thought in the back of their head that we're going to be tearing down things that have been built up. We're not. What's been laid here in this church is such a strong foundation. And I just feel like we need to honour Pastor Pete and Pastor Rosemary just for being so faithful. <laughs> Amen. You know, we're walking in the fruit of their labour and their hard work. And so we as pastors and Pastor Jen as well, we get to actually step into their labours and step into their fruitfulness. And that's such a blessing. So, and I just wrote one little thing down. There's a place for all of us in the body of Christ that doesn't require us to tear down what's already been built. Amen. That's such an important truth. All right. That wasn't in my sermon, but I just felt God say to bring that. So let's get into the Word. Let's just pray. Father God, we open our hearts to you this morning, Lord God. We just thank you, Father God, for hunger. Lord, we thank you for humility to receive, Father God. We just thank you, Lord, that we come like little children this morning. And Father God, I give you my heart, my mouth, Lord. I say, speak through my mouth and think through my thoughts. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so title of my sermon today is Breaking New Ground for the Kingdom. Breaking New Ground for the Kingdom. And I kind of sat with God through this week and I felt God shine a light on, you know, different truths and different scriptures, but it kind of wasn't until yesterday that I really sort of put it all together and I've gone, ah, okay, that's what you're doing, God. And it's like I just feel like God wants to bring a revelation to the community, to our unsaved friends, to our family of who we are as a church. You know, Jesus said we're a city on a hill. He said that we're salt and we're light. 
And in that, you know, we look at the life of Jesus and how whenever he was around someone, they were changed. I remember God saying to me early on, like when I first started serving and ministering, I remember him saying to me, the kingdom of God looks like something. You know, it's not just like an internal exercise or it's not just, you know, hidden in your heart. It's like when you really start walking with him, he just gets off onto other people. You know, it'll start impacting your family and then it'll start impacting wider circles. He wants to impact the community. And I was thinking about how Jesus called Matthew, the tax collector, you know, follow me. And then straight away, he just shut his booth and he just left. And I was thinking about the impact that that would have had on the Roman community. It's like, we can't get anyone to man our tax booths. Can we just, like, what's going on there? (laughs) You know, so it's like, as we see people get saved, there is a flow-on effect that happens in the community. Amen? Put up my first slide. I came across this online. I didn't actually write this. Who's seen this little meme it's really cool and so it's like a receipt you know when we come to Christ it's like sin shame regrets past mistakes unforgiveness hurt anger anything that you did in your past life is wiped away clean and we just need to always be reminding ourselves of that because the enemy will try and put stuff on us that's not our identity Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And, you know, it's important to note that for us to get born again, for us to actually receive Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, we actually have to know that we have need of one. So it's not like I'm already good, I'm pretty good, you know. It's not that. David said in Psalms, we're actually all born into sin. We all have that fallen nature. And Jesus said, you must be born again. And I know that's a really foundational truth, but we have new people coming in all the time. And we've got to to realise that every single person, for you to get into heaven, you must be born again. And then this happens. Amen? Ephesians 3.10 says, For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and ready to be used for good works. How good's that? Which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. So we know that we're not saved by good works. Like I said, all born sinners. It's a level base for everyone. We come into the kingdom and the kingdom of God comes and lives inside of us and then he starts to give us his desires. A stirring happens and we just start to want to share our faith and, and see the sick healed and, you know, the things that he cares about, we start to care about. So it's that overflow. Jesus said in John twenty one twenty two. This is just as he uh, was off the cross, appeared to the disciples and he says to them, peace to you as the Father has sent me, who knows the next part, I also send you. 
And then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So he kind of gave us a pattern there. He says, you've got a job to do. As the Father sent me, I now send you. But the only way that you're going to be able to do it is being dependent on the Holy Spirit. It's like if you have a car sitting in the garage with no fuel, no use. Can we open our Bibles to Exodus uh, chapter 3? Exodus chapter 3. Who's got their Bibles? Who's got their phone? You can use your phone, it's fine. I won't think you're messaging your mum. I love going through the Word and seeing how, you know, the great heroes of faith started out their walk with God and and stepped out their calling. Because, you know, every single one of us has a calling, a purpose, a gifting, and it's all aimed towards being ministers of reconciliation. It'll look like a variety of different things, but at the end of the day, it's all about bringing people from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. We can make it about so much stuff, but really at the baseline, that's what it is. It's about seeing the lost saved. Amen. So Moses, I was sort of reading through Exodus and noticing a few things about Moses's call. And uh, we know that Moses was raised uh, uh, with the Egyptians. You know, he was the guy that was floating down the river in the basket and the princess grabs him and, and then he gets to be brought up in the Egyptian's house. But um, if we just start reading from, uh, we've got Exodus 2 and verse 11. It says, Now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out to his brethren and he looked at their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. And so it just, you know, sometimes we read the Bible too quickly, but it's like, okay, let's just stop and look at that one verse. So he came out and he saw and he looked. And that word looked means to perceive, to have vision, to discern, to cause, to see or to regard. And so how many times would he have come out of the palace and seen, you know, the, the, his people being treated unfairly? Like he was... I don't know how old he was here. I probably should have looked that up. Maybe he was 30. That sounds good. Don't quote me on that. But, uh, you know, he would have came out and seen them many times. So what was now different about this time? So Acts chapter 7 kind of gives us a bit of an insight. And I'll just read it. You don't need to turn there because we're going to continue on in Exodus. It says, now when Moses, oh, there you go, was 40 years old, I was 10 years off, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. So God's doing something in his heart. You know, we can walk past many situations. We can, you know, drive past our town. We can be with our family, our friends, whatever it is. And we can see it two ways. We can either see it from our, you know, that's just whatever, that's just how it is. Or we can be like, God, what do you actually want to do about that? And we really see that God starts to move his heart here. Um, Chapter 3, verse 7. And this is where we see that Moses' heart lines up with God's heart. And the Lord said, Surely I have seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrow. And so this is where it starts. You know, if we want to be used by God in the kingdom, it's like, God, give me your heart. 
Give me your heart for those around me. That's such a good prayer to pray. I just invite you to pray that prayer every day and God will do something with it because as soon as Moses had God's heart in that, let's see what God does. 3 verse 10. And then God says, Come now therefore and I'll send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. So now he's got a call. It's like, all right, you're going to go and do something now, Moses. And I love what Moses says in verse 11. But Moses says to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So God just gives him an awesome thing to do and he starts looking at himself. Who am I? And, you know, we see in the next chapter as well, he, he says to God, I can't talk, I can't, you know, how am I going to do that? And it's funny, God's response here, he, God doesn't say to him, Moses, you're an amazing guy. Moses, you've had a great upbringing. Moses, you have studied all that you need to study. He doesn't sort of build him up. What is his response? Verse 12, So he said, I will certainly be with you. And that's enough. And that's what I'm talking about, you know, the spirit-filled life, walking out God's purposes. It's just all about allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us, like that car in the garage without fuel. Don't worry about your background. Don't worry about what you've done in the past. It's not about your family, what kind of upbringing you've had. It's none of that. God just says, I am with you. Isn't that an awesome, just simple truth? And so the enemy will complicate it and think, you know, he would make us think that we have to go and jump in hoops to be used of God, but it's just not true. I love where Paul's talking in Corinthians and he says, you know, look at your calling, brethren. There's not many wise, not many noble. I don't have that scripture down, so I can't quote the rest of it. There you go, Pastor P. <laughs> it's really not about us, amen? It's about who's with us. How good's that? I don't know if you guys have heard the story and it's like an illustration actually of the old covenant saints versus the new covenant saints. We know that some people when they're on earth, they walked under the old covenant. We are now under the new covenant, but it's a conversation and it's it's just a story to illustrate a point, but it's like uh, the new covenant saints will ask the old covenant saints in heaven, hey, what was it like seeing the Red Sea being parted? What was that like? That would have been amazing seeing that face to face. And then someone else will ask, what was it like uh, seeing Goliath being slain? Amazing. David, a little boy, killed a giant. Or some will, I reckon I'm going to ask this one. Jonah, what was it like being in the belly of a fish three days and three nights? Like what? That's just, that's just radical. I'm going to ask Jonah when I get to heaven. But then the old covenant saints are going to ask the new covenant saints, hey, what was it like being a temple of the Holy Spirit? That's us. Breaking new ground for the kingdom. My gosh, I've got like a third of the way in. That's all right. Um, we had dinner with Pastor Mark and Pastor Barry on Wednesday, Pastor Barry, Barry on Wednesday night. And uh, I was just such a blessing to get around them and hear their heart and just hear the things that they're believing for. I'm like, you guys are amazing. 
It's like there's no limits. You know, Pastor Marg was saying she's believing for a fresh wave of Christian politicians to go in and start making change there. I thought, oh. and Barry kept on asking Greg and I, what are you believing for broom? What, come on, what broom, broom? What about broom? And I was like, I don't know. I don't, quick, make something up. No, no, <laughs> you know. But it was just like that real nudge on, come on, guys, you break new ground for the kingdom here in broom. And who's heard the term, and we, we use it a bit, the apostolic prophetic anointing. It's a big kind of religious word, but I just feel to bring a little bit of quick teaching around that because, you know, and I asked Pastor Mike, I said, hey, Pastor Mike, what is that? Do you remember I asked that? I want to hear your heart. What actually is that? And she was talking about how it's the church governing, governing in the heavenly realms, taking authority in prayer. And she was saying, you know, uh, Islam and the Muslims, they do this a lot. And we actually seen it, Pastor Jen's not here, she's out at Kids Church. We've seen it in Israel, in Bethlehem. It's uh, 70% uh, Muslim, which is surprising. But uh, so when you go into Bethlehem, there's big towers and there's like a speaker of their prayers that kind of go out over the airwaves and it's like, ooh, it almost gives you the shivers and it's so loud and we're going into a church a Catholic church, but we're hearing this. And, and it's like, that's what she was talking about. You know, we've got uh, God who says, I watch over my word to perform it. So when she talks about governing in the heavenlies, it's like, we are the ones that actually put a stop to things and say, no. And it's not about us physically going and doing something first. It's about praying first, putting a stop to things. No, we won't have the drag queens in our library talking to our kids. That's not okay. We're going to pray about that and we're going to put a stop to it. Amen? Over our our schools, over our marriages. And, you know, it speaks of breaking new ground as well. Like the Pindan Childcare Centre that we are uh, building, that's an apostolic work. It's breaking new ground. We, as a church, want to make an impact in the younger generation. We want to see kids being brought up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So we're taking ground there. Amen. But that was birthed in prayer. Who wants to be stirred and, and used more of the Lord? Just put your hand up honestly. Don't put your hand up if you feel like, oh, I'm not quite ready yet. Because it's a big thing, you know. Better start using some of my slides. All right. I'm going to skip that one. Okay, can everyone stand up? I just felt God say this is how I'm supposed to do this one. So I want everyone to stand up. And I'm just going to read this out. Ephesians 4:16. Can we actually all read it out together? For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. Every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. Can we just all have a look around at each other and not be like awkward and stare each other down? But I just want you to have a look at one another. And I just felt like God say to do that because every part is valuable. Every single person in this building has a job to do for the kingdom. You know, the emphasis is always on the body of Christ, not the body part of Christ. You can sit down, thank you. 
<laughs> it's always on uh, the body of Christ, the whole body functioning as one. And I just love that. The NLT says he makes the whole body fit together perfectly and ready as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow. What a powerful uh, truth. You know, if the doctor said to you, I'm going to give you a choice of losing your hearing, your eyesight, or you have to have your leg cut off. You'd be like, I don't want to lose any of it. <laughs> Every single part is valuable. And sometimes what the enemy does, he diminishes your part as an individual. He wants to diminish the role of the church in the community and in the nation. You know, who knows when COVID was going on, it was like church, not essential. What? I mean, you know, it's like we're salt and we're light. The church is so essential. Amen. And, you know, I don't want you to misunderstand me. I'm not just talking about your part on a Sunday from 9.30 till 11. It's not what I'm talking about. By all means, if you want to get on a roster, please do. But what I'm talking about, what I feel God really wanting to stir us in is your part in the ecclesia, in the body of Christ. talking to um, someone in my husband's family and she's a lady in her 70s and she was saying how um, she has been going into a public school with another Christian lady for like 25 years and they do a kids club but it's Christian. I'm like I didn't even know that was still allowed, that's awesome. But they've been going into this school for such a long time and you know they see the ones come in from year one, stay to year six and some of the stories that they were sharing I was like these kids that have never been in church, you know, come from broken homes, get ministered to by these little ladies who have just sort of said, sure, I'll do that. It's like, wow, the impact that that has. We're not to sort of think too internally when it comes to our part in the body. You know, the building is not like a little mini whirlwind and then as soon as we walk out, nothing. It's, it's the opposite of that. We come into church to get recharged, plugged in, be encouraged by one another and then go back out in the community. Amen. There's a story of um, a preacher that I listen to occasionally and uh, he was talking about how there was a Bible verse and he'd been a preacher a very long time, but there was one Bible verse that he just really didn't understand. And he's like, I'll just put it on the shelf, Lord. I don't know what that's about. Put it on the shelf, forget about it. And then like 10 years later, he heard another preacher preach on this particular verse and all of a sudden he just sort of understood it. It was like there was revelation. And he said to God, why didn't I get that when I was studying at home and I'd been asking you for that? And God said to him, there's some things that you need which you're only going to get from other people. And it's just the way the body's designed. You know, if you think about one person standing there holding a shield of faith, good, powerful, strong. How about a hundred people standing there holding a shield of faith over our town, over our families, over our kids? Such power in that. I think of the story of the Tower of Babel and... Uh, you know, they, they were saying, let's build a tower to heaven to make a name for ourselves. Like it wasn't a godly thing that they were doing. It was all about them. But then God's response is, he says, look, the people are united. Who knows God doesn't exaggerate? 
he just says truth. He can't lie, right? He says, look, the people are united. They all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. And that's why so often the enemy comes in to divide and cut off and comes in criticising because he knows the power in unity. There's a concept that we see in Deuteronomy 32.30 that one can put a 1,000 to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. Hallelujah. Can we just stand, church? Stand as a body. Can we just all link arms? However you can make that happen, just make that happen. And we're just going to pray. Father God, we thank you for your plans, Lord God. Father, that as a church, we are breaking new ground for the kingdom, Father God. We just thank you, Lord. It's not about an hour and a half on a Sunday, Father God, but each part that each person plays is so valuable, Lord God. And I just feel like breaking lies off some of you that you've been listening for that for too long and it's like, you know, the enemy's told you that your part doesn't matter. And I just want you to remember that story we read with Moses. It's not about his past or how awesome he was or how smart he was. It was just about God saying, I am with you. Thank you, Lord God. So we just say yes to you, Father God. We just say yes to your call, Lord God. And I just feel like as a church, we're supposed to ask for boldness. Can you just ask God in your own words, boldness to step out in the new thing? And I feel like some of you have had dreams. God's put dreams in your heart, but it's like, you know, I get a picture of a fire that's had ash that's kicked over it. And it's like the fire's still there, but you've let ash sort of go over it. And I just feel God saying this morning, that dream that I've put in your heart is from me. Don't let it go out. He says, that's from me. And then there's other people here this morning. It's like you've stopped dreaming with God. You've stopped believing big things. You know, if your day to day week, and I'm not saying this in condemnation, I'm saying it in love, but if your day to day week, you don't really need to rely much on the Holy Spirit. It's like, you know, I've got it. I can, I can get through my week, God, without your help, sort of thing. God's saying, raise your expectation. You're going to have to believe for some things. It's a fight. I know it's a fight of faith, but God says, don't let the ash stay on that fire I've put in your heart. We just thank you, Father, that we're in such a season of consecration, Lord, that you're calling your people to more, Father. We just lay aside everything, Lord, that would stop us from stepping into what you have for us, Father God, and that we're intentional each day. Each day we live for you, Father God, in Jesus' mighty Name. Now, we're going to do two things. If you want hands laid on you, I want you to come to the front and the pastors can lay hands on people just to seal that. Um, and another thing, you know, we, we played that clip, that uh, screen at the start where it talks about, you know, sin, shame, all of that gone. If you don't know what it's like to walk with Jesus and you still have all that stuff in your past and you want to give your life to Him this morning, I want you to come down and we're going to pray a prayer. 
and you're going to come from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. In that one single prayer, you become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. So let's just go out with a song. And like I said, if you want prayer, come down when the song's on and we'll pray for you then. Any other healing prayers? And we've got morning tea as well. But just linger. Oh, how beautiful is the presence of God. In Jesus' Name, Amen.